Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. We have got um, another great story that we'd like to talk with you about right now. In World War II, the valiant Malay Regiment defended Singapore against 13,000 Japanese troops. And this story is now getting a fresh retelling with the reopening of Reflections at Bukit Chandu, which is a house that shows all of the memorabilia and the maps and helps us understand what happened during that uh, key engagement during World War II. Rachel Eng is joining us now. She is the assistant curator at the National Museum of Singapore to tell us more about Reflections at Bukit Chandu. Rachel, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Uh, Good morning. Yeah. So tell us about the newly refurbished Reflections uh, that people can go and visit. Uh, Sure. Yeah. So Reflections at Bukit Chandu, for those who don't know, is uh, situated on a bungalow on top of Bukit Chandu, uh, which is Malay for Opium Hill. And since 2002, it's housed this interpretive center that tells the story of the Malay regiment who fought um, not at the bungalow itself, but at the car park like just below it. Um, and it was one of the last battles of uh, the Battle for Singapore. Uh, but I'm, I'm just so yeah. pleased that Reflexit, Reflections at Bukit Chandu is reopening. It's easily my one of my favourite places mm. to visit in Singapore. Um, it's, uh, it, com- it commemorates, as you say, the brave battle of the Malay Regiment uh, at the site of Bukit Chandu itself. And uh, yeah, it's, it's long overdue. I was I visited the house a number of years ago, uh, well, probably about 15 years ago now, I have to be honest with you, Rachel. And even at that point in time, it was a very uh, poignant kind of reminder of what happened, the, the Malay regiment uh, facing overwhelming odds. Is there anything new uh, that has been added to uh, reflections of Bukit Chandu uh, over these three years of renovation there? Are there are there new memorabilia, uh, new new pictures, maps? What what is what has changed? Yeah, so um I think it was well, yeah, as you said, it opened in two thousand and two and it's been quite a while since it was uh, revamped. So what we've done is we've sort of refreshed this place, um added in kept some important things like the bust of uh, Lieutenant Atnan and other things that, you know, really tell the story of the Malay regiment. But also um, added in features such as uh, new multimedia installations, and also interestingly um, some pre-war footage of the Malay regiment. So we're also extending that story to talk about um, how it was set up, um, how the um, the whole regiment came about in the first place. Um, it was the only locally raised uh, regiment of the British Army, mm. and so we also wanted to pay tribute to that. So visitors can actually see uh, Lieutenant Adnan leading some of the parades um, that they practiced uh, pre-war. And um, we also know that people don't really know the story of the bungalow in which it is housed. Hmm. Um, So we also wanted to draw people's attention to that in terms of uh, thinking about site history. Uh, Why is is the bungalow there and why was it defended and uh, who was it built for? So we've also taken that opportunity to sort of uh, talk about the larger history of the site. Um, So the bungalow was actually built for an official who worked at the opium packing plant which was just down the hill, which was what gave uh, Bukit Chandu its name. So we're also talking about wow. um, the way that all these histories sort of intersect and, and coincide. So it's it's a more hopefully holistic experience where you're not just looking at what happened during World War II, but you're also considering how these things met at this specific place. Looks- now, just for the benefit, and I'm sure it won't be anybody, but just for the benefit of the few who are not aware of his extraordinary story, 
could you just recap what this remarkable man did? Yeah, so um, during the Battle of Pasir Panjang, which was uh, just before the fall of Singapore itself, um, the Malay Regiment was defending that particular area. And against really overwhelming numbers, I think, um, the regiment was only about a thousand strong um, versus one of the main thrusts of the Japanese army. And they had um, valiantly fought and uh, a losing battle because of the, the outnumber, uh, being outnumbered. But um, so Lieutenant Adnan's company, C Company, withdrew onto Bukit Chandu and there they fought um, all the Japanese soldiers and Lieutenant Adnan in particular um, defended, told his men to, you know, uh, fight really to the end, and which was what they did. Mm. And the, the, the main story of Lieutenant Adnan's defense was that he recognized immediately uh, some Japanese soldiers who were trying to sort of sneak past uh, disguised as Indian soldiers and immediately caught that and, and destroyed that first sort of uh, salient. Um, unfortunately, of course, uh, due to they, they were running low on ammunition um, and there were so many Japanese soldiers, um, they were eventually overwhelmed. But the, the courage with, with which they fought is, is unquestionable. And not only that, Rachel, they were reduced to hand-to-hand combat, I believe, at the end, because he said, last man standing, he apparently shouted to his troops in Malay, better to die than to live in shame. It's just extraordinary courage under fire, isn't it, Rachel? Yes, absolutely. Um, we have like records of um, another of the lieutenants um, in the company leading a bayonet charge um, on the Japanese because they had run up ammunition. So it's it's really this um, this ferocity in in terms of defending their own home um, that we don't really maybe gloss over or in the in the larger scope of the battle. But there were all these local defense forces who were fighting for for Singapore and Malaysia, and um, that's something to be um, remembered. I think. We're talking with Rachel Ng, the assistant curator at the National Museum of Singapore, about the newly reopened reflections at Bukit Chandu about the uh, the valiant Malay regiment who faced, I believe it was about 13,000 Japanese, and they had less than 1,000 uh, in their in their unit. Uh, just really uh, an amazing story. Rachel, what do you hope, uh, you know, as, as you showed some of the pictures here, and you're showing now the, the beautiful old uh, restored beautiful. black and white that it's in, um, it's, it's very much a place not just for history buffs, who, traditional history or World War II buffs, but also for younger kids, family members. I'm sure the school groups will be going through there en masse when they uh, have a chance to get back in uh, after COVID. Um, what, what is your hope for a broader or maybe a new generation of Singaporeans and residents here to learn more about this? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, as we get further and further from World War II itself, um, People do ask, you know, like, what is the continued significance of it? And I think that Bukit Chandu especially is is emblematic of that kind of, um, as I was saying, local defense forces and the need that, that never really goes away to, to, to want to protect and defend uh, your home and your family. Um, but beyond that, I think also what we're trying to do with this um, revamp is to introduce that idea of site history and the idea that this bungalow has seen uh, so many stories from when it was first built in 1930 um, all the way to how it's now being repurposed and revamped so we i think we also want people to think about the way that these histories intersect um and and the fact that so many people have visited this place um so many people continue to visit this place and what can we take away from all of that in terms of looking at uh, history as a larger kind of uh, story as well. 
Yeah, that's a terrific point, uh, Rachel. And it reminds me of something that I've only just remembered where I wrote about it in one of my books years ago. It would have been about 2006. I went to Bukit Chandu and I happened to be there when a school party of teenagers were mm. arriving. They were sec one, sec two. And there was nothing wrong with it. They were just regular, boisterous, loud teenagers expecting to sit through another boring interpretive display of <laughs> exhibits, you know, yeah. and they're looking at their watches and, you know, what, everyday stuff. Then the, I remember this interactive show started. Then they learned about the sacrifice. Then they learned about the bloodshed. Then they learned about the heroism. And you could just see each and every one of them become more and more transfixed wow. and appreciative and almost cowed and humbled by what they were seeing. Because bear in mind, Glenn, some of these soldiers were not much older than those students, right? Oh, were indeed, only, yeah. You know, they yeah. were young adults, barely, in, barely out of their teens. And that's the key, isn't it, Rachel, isn't it? And that's what the exhibition does so well, to allow Singaporeans to reflect on what's gone before. Yeah, I think so. And I think that um, these personal stories, I mean, history is a very, like, you know, um, you, you did it in secondary school, you read a textbook and it's very hard to relate to, to that kind of thing. But I think what museums do is to highlight these individual stories or these personal uh, people. So you get to put names to, to what happened to events. And in doing so, you you feel a sense of connection to these people. And like, like you said, like people start thinking about how they were the same age as when these these uh, Malay regiment soldiers were fighting. Yeah. And that becomes a personal connection that... Um, it's easier to relate to and it's easier to feel that impact of history. Absolutely. Rachel, tell us what's next uh, for the National Museum. What else is going on that's that's interesting that's caught your interest? Uh, so many things around Singapore to see in addition to reflections at Bukachandu. Anything coming to mind for you? Other things to go out and look at? Um, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of World War II as well, we, we've just opened the Changi Chapel and Museum in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a place that people can visit as well. At the National Museum, we've got two ongoing exhibitions about um, one about the pandemic, uh, which is still going on. I've but seen we, it, yeah. we did a, yeah, a photography commission on the sort of phase one, phase two period um, as, and circuit breaker and also an exhibition on um, Singapore history uh, called Home Truly. And coming up next is um, an exhibition on the 80th anniversary of the fall of Singapore, because that's next year already. Yes, yes, I was going to ask you about that. Yes, next year, the 80th anniversary. So you've got events planned for that, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. You'll definitely have to come (laughs) on and talk about that. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's a big one. Yeah, Wonderful. Rachel, thanks so much for being with us today. Rachel Ong is the assistant curator at the National Museum of Singapore. Everybody get out to go see Reflections at Bukit Chandu if you're on Facebook Live. I've put some information in the chat. And uh, Rachel, thanks to you and and the team there for always doing such a great job to preserve history and to bring it to us in a new way that's engaging. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks, Rachel. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.